what would it look like if we stopped for just a moment, appreciated this for all that it is in this instance, imagine what it would mean to simply recognize. Oh, this wonder of stillness. Oh, how we miss it. Oh, how we wish for it if only. If only the heartbeat in your chest could always be this way. Steady, certain, and sure without fear of having to be anything else someday. Someday, when we are old, we will gaze back on this very moment simply because it is beautiful and true, yes, this very instance. Isn't it crazy how memories are simply the moments of the story we choose to remember for every moment can turn into light if you let it and every string of light into song. So with every moment, every string, every song, I wish for you this. I wish for you sound mornings and soft melodies and simple miracles how each memory is a miracle all on its own. How each soul is shaped by this very moment in more ways than one. And yet, with every twist and jagged turn, you are becoming everything the potter has designed for you, I hope. I hope you never leave spaces without knowing in your deepest part of your being just how important you are. Simply because you have existed in this very moment that is shaping the world, that is shaping souls, how simple. The beauty of this moment is, and no matter how many times the earth gives way, know this. You are enough. Simply by being here. So every time you must cry and grieve, I hope you feel everything you must. Because one day, one day we will all be dust. And we will dance. We will dance with the wind. We will be one with the wind maker and it will be good. It will be very good. But until that day comes, I pray you see the goodness within you. Until we are called home, shake the dust off your clothes, get up from the ground and look up. Make no mistake. The sky has kept you under its watch for all this time, and it has not forgotten to water the earth, show light to the day, and it hasn't forgotten you, so remember. How beautiful your smile is because it is yours. You know this. Your soul will always be remembered because it was everything and more. Thank you everyone for tuning in to this conversation. My name is Yapsara Tab. I am a senior design for social impact major here at IWU. And I started facilitating these conversations last semester as part of my senior thesis research, exploring the well-being of black women in America, more specifically in predominantly white institutions. And I had the privilege of holding incredible conversations with faculty, student, and staff here at IWU. This conversation is with my friend Carissa Pierre. Carissa and I met about three and a half years ago as we both interned at Marion Design Co. And Carissa is, has since graduated Indiana Wesleyan University and is currently working at the Intercultural and Global Office here at IWU. And with that, I had the privilege of working under her and beside her as an intercultural ambassador. And she has been such a blessing for my um undergraduate experience to have her as a friend she is an incredible person a friend that 
you know, will champion you and cheer you on and be there and just be present. And I am constantly in awe and inspired by the way she creates her art and her poetry and her singing is incredibly empowering and inspiring. If you haven't listened to her poetry, please you do make sure you do so because you would leave um, inspired and in awe of her words and how she just pours out her art, her heart and her art. And thank you for sharing your art with us, Carissa. And thank you for being so generous with your time to record these podcasts. This isn't the first time we recorded, um, and I'm so grateful for that. So we will just be sharing our experiences here. We'll just talk about a lot of different things. So thanks for tuning in. So let's get into it. good you know today's been an okay day um honestly i've been having like three out of three out of ten to like five out of ten days and today was like a seven out of ten days so that's a big improvement yeah i've asked you how you're doing like the past few weeks you've said five out of ten very consistently (laughs) (laughs) i have so what makes today a seven out of ten um that's a good question. <laughs> I think there were a lot of, like, honestly, this might sound strange, but the past couple of weeks I've been in this deep, like, lament, mm-hmm. and I began, I began to, like, really accept it, I think. Mm-hmm. At first I was, like, oh, struggling with why I was, like, feeling, like, such grief and such mourning. Mm-hmm. Just because of all the things that have like taken place and honestly the disappointment mm-hmm. of how like your friends and family react to those things. Um so I've I think I've been better because I've take I've been off social media. Yeah. Like I really do think that mm-hmm. has played a big role because although I do feel like less connected to the world sometimes Mm -hmm. it hasn't felt like I'm missing out yeah I feel more connected to myself (laughs) in a way um and I I don't know I've been thinking a lot of like how you know sometimes if you don't post things it seems like as if it didn't happen or if it wasn't Mm -hmm. like fun or special but yeah I still send it to my mom like there you go (laughs) what more do you need (laughs) you know like those things are still memories and you still cherish them yeah even if you're not posting on your Instagram story Mm -hmm. so in that sense I think I've begun the process of healing because Mm. I'm not comparing myself or judging like the outside world Mm. based off of like sometimes you have to literally let go of your expectations of people that you can call your friends mm. um because it's hard like as a black woman you're holding all this stuff that you see in the news and mm-hmm. like then you go on instagram and there's this such a such a disconnect with yeah. like how your friends react and honestly i think i've given them too much weight too mm. much like responsibility i've honestly cared a little too much yeah and um it's really been hard on my mental health mm-hmm. I think I struggle with like how can people just like not care enough yeah mm-hmm. and it feels like black women are you know tasked with caring 
and and kind of like you have to make up for mm-hmm. you know the lack those, of care the lack of care mm-hmm. exactly so maybe that's why I'm doing better yeah. maybe it's because my car doesn't have any more <laughs> issues anymore yeah that's, um, that's always a plus that is always a plus mm-hmm. so yeah <clears throat> it's the little things it really is yeah yeah how have you found time to care for yourself or what are the things that are like little things that are bringing you joy this is gonna sound so bad <laughs> no say it okay i was on a walk like 10 days ago like a, a week and a half ago and i picked this flower while wow. listening to a podcast and i was just like wow it's like such a beautiful flower mm-hmm. and i remember going back to home and it was late at night and i put the flower in like literally like this cup of water mm-hmm. <laughs> next to my bed thinking oh it'll probably last like two days and then I switched it to like a glass and put it next to my bed and it lasted like 10 days wow. it was and That's I don't know incredible. it was like really beautiful yeah. just to like it's something so sm- small and simple yeah. and sometimes I think there's this um like expectation that like you can't like you have to wait for people to give you flowers in a way Mm -hmm. but like flowers are beautiful all on their own and like you maybe you shouldn't be picking people's flowers i don't know (laughs) (laughs) like if if you need to pick a flower and like just put it in your room just in like a little thing for a day or two Mm -hmm. just because like i think that's self-care in a sense you know but to answer your question um, like taking time to like sift through my thoughts, even if it's like I'm going to be alone for a little bit or I'm going mm-hmm. to work on this project that like gives me joy um, and like listen to like an album I really love mm-hmm. or something. Um, so that's what I did a lot of this weekend. I like rearranged my house a little bit um put up lights made it like a very cozy warm place Mm -hmm. that people like i'd want to go to Mm -hmm. and just like listen to music the whole time um things like that Mm -hmm. bring me joy working on little projects like i'm gonna repaint this and i'm going to like make this piece of art Mm -hmm. um i'm gonna learn how to draw flowers properly (laughs) (laughs) or just little things like that um So whatever, I'm not perfect at it, um, but, like, whatever those things are, I try to make space for it and room for it Mm -hmm. and not, like, judge, you know, it depending on, like, oh, well, I think self-care is supposed to look like this. I'm Mm -hmm. supposed to make a bubble bath and have a bath bomb. Well, I don't like bubble baths. They freak out. (laughs) They are... Everything. I yeah I don't I, I just no, no thanks. <laughs> yeah. I think whatever works for you, whatever brings you peace at that moment, even mm-hmm. if it's like five minutes, mm-hmm. if that's what you need, then you should take time. I've been watching Sister Sister. Yes, I'm on the fourth <laughs> season. I love that show, and I what brings me so much joy is not just like the sitcom and the storyline, the characters, but it's mm-hmm. like. Every time I watch it and I laugh, I'm not only laughing because of, like, the punchline. I'm laughing because I'm like, wow, like, they're expressing Black people so well, like, so differently. And you don't get that. And so I'm like, is this what white people feel like all the time? Like, (laughs) when they're watching, like, I love New Girl. But you know what I mean? Like, you're watching all these shows and you can ask your friends, like, oh, my goodness, who's your favorite character? Like, 
who who are you like what's your character yeah, you know who would you be if you were in this show right yeah. right and like for once it's like wow I see like there's a Dorothyness in, in Tamara and there's like a studiousness in Tia yeah. and like there's this like nerdiness in Ray and like how <laughs> many times do you see a black man like portrayed as just this like wholesome nerdy man that yeah. like loves opera oh, music so it's just it really I don't know that yeah. And then I also like Real Housewives of Atlanta. Just <laughs> sometimes yeah. I need my reality TV. Yeah, Anyways. you gotta get your reality TV fixed, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So. It, yeah. That's the that's the power of representation, though. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like when you see people that look like you, just living life, exactly. not being portrayed like in an assumptive way because they're black or because they're women. You know? Yes. Just like. That's I can see myself in that. Yeah, it's so like mm. it's incredible. It really is, and yeah. like uh, I could go on and on about it for a while, but it has been so fun. I just like make my little tea, and I just sit on my bed, yeah. and I'm just like, wow, <laughs> this is so great. Good. Ah, that's great. What are like as a segue of representation? Mm. Who inspires you, current or like past? Ooh. Hmm. I'll, so I do poetry and I love writing like in storytelling. Mm-hmm. Um, Ariella Storia is um, a spoken word poet that I really, really look up to. She is a black woman who like, honestly, I just see her. I'm like, wow. Like she is the kind of person where because you see someone doing something mm-hmm. that you love doing, it makes you believe that you could do it too. Yeah. In a way. Absolutely. And it's like, I didn't know this was an option. Like, yeah. I know I could express myself and do my art and like speak my own truth and do it as a living instead of just a hobby. Mm-hmm. Um, especially as a black woman. So there's that. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, and I, I, we kind of have similar backgrounds. Like, she studied theater, and even when I was in theater and I performed and stuff, I still didn't feel like there was really enough space to find stories that were like me. Mm-hmm. I was, you know, I was still, I have the opportunity to portray other characters in different stories because they look like me, mm-hmm. but it wasn't the same. Right. Um, yeah, so I, I would, I'd say Ariel Astoria. Mm-hmm. Um, and the next one is, um, does that have to be like a famous person? It does. Okay. Whatever. Um, <clears throat> I think, yeah, it's definitely my mom. Mm-hmm. Um, she, when I, when I talk about like generational, like effects mm-hmm. or, um, just like the weight of being a black woman, like the burden that means. Mm-hmm. Um, I just always look to her. So basically, I think the way that like she loves so well and so strongly and mm-hmm. um, like always 100% supporting like and just caring for other people, mm-hmm. you would never know all the things that she's been through. And so in the same sense, I think um, just, like, beginning to, like, as a young adult, better understand what it must have been like 
for her childhood, mm-hmm. it's really enabled me to like empathize in a way that's pushed me to be better. Mm-hmm. Um, my mom's from her dad, and she's feisty. Like, so am I, though. <laughs> so, um, like, growing up and hearing things like, you know, I didn't grow up with my family. I was abandoned and, like, things like mm-hmm. that. I kind of just, as a child, you don't really understand what that means. Mm-hmm. And, like, I didn't really think much about it. And now, as I'm older and I'm really thinking about, oh, wow, like, what that must have been like. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think sometimes we have to go through this, like, understanding that, like, the people that came before you are people. Yeah. And that's especially for, like, Black women don't get that mm-hmm. um, chance, really, to be seen as people. Mm-hmm. And so even here I am now, I I have a hard time, like, just allowing myself to, like, feel and, like, you know, struggle and go through hard things and sit in my own pain because a lot of times... Um, there's that like pressure of being the superhero and mm-hmm. coming in to save the day and well at least like I can always go to her because she like I know you know this mm-hmm. girl always got me and she'll listen to my issues and I want to be that girl so bad and mm-hmm. I'm realizing now I can't like I'm no. not that girl like no, you can't. <laughs> I, I might be good at pretending I'm that girl mm-hmm. I might fool myself to believe that I am that girl but mm-hmm. I am not the one that's going to save the day. I'm not no. the strong one. And like, it's, uh, it's taken years for me to even like, I'm 23 and I'm now realizing that for myself. Mm-hmm. I struggled with burnout and I like, didn't understand why I was struggling with so much. Mm-hmm. Like this idea that I'm exhausted. Mm-hmm. Even the little things are pushing me over the edge. Yeah. And I feel so alone and so isolated to the point where I'm, like, struggling with, like, dark thoughts, you know, mm-hmm. sometimes where I'm, like, why am I thinking that mm-hmm. no one would realize if I was gone right now? Like, why mm-hmm. is that thought coming into my mind? Mm-hmm. And I think it's this, it, it comes from this, like, evil root, <laughs> like, mm-hmm. this lie that's rooted in, like, you only serve a purpose to help other people you own mm. your only purpose is to be there for other people yeah. and like that's that's a straight up lie like my purpose yeah. is to exist and just yes. exist yes. not to be a good friend not to be like the like kind straight like yes those things are good mm-hmm. but like if let's say like one day all those other things that you thought made up your life just like had disappeared like you would still have purpose Mm -hmm. and so from that from your purpose like when you know that your only purpose is truly just to exist then you can create those very secure like relationships in your life where Mm -hmm. you're able to be an actual good friend you know (laughs) you're able to be like a good daughter a good Mm -hmm. sister because you know you're purpose isn't in how other people will perceive you right and like black women have been perceived so negatively over years Mm -hmm. of course we're gonna think we have to be perceived a certain way to like combat all those racial stereotypes right no wonder like 
Black girls don't believe they're beautiful. Yeah. Of course. They're exhausted. We're exhausted. Yeah. We're exhausted. A hard work to be excellent. Like, you have to be above and you have to work 20 times as hard Mm -hmm. to, you know, be excellent and be strong. And who's going to show up for you? You know what I'm saying? Like, there's this song I just discovered a few days ago after I read an article by Beyonce, who's gonna save the girl or the hero? Hmm. Have you heard of that song? It's, it's literally written for black women. Like, you are conditioned to like be helping and be be there constantly, be sort of a pillar. Mm-hmm. But then, you, that's not reciprocated from your fellow friends. Yeah. Then it's exhausting because you're not given room to break, to cry, to be vulnerable, to be human, to, like, exist. So there's so much that just causes so much stress and pain that we're not able to publicly or with other people express because we're not given room to. Yeah. It's tiring. It is so exhausting. And then, like, how do you even put that to words to someone who's not a black woman? You know? Yeah. How do I explain my exhaustion and then explain it in a way where I'm like, but it's not just that I'm burnt out. It's not mm-hmm. just that I'm exhausted because of, you know, my job or my schooling or whatever yeah. the situation is. Mm-hmm. It's a generational racial societal impact on yeah. you, you know? So mm-hmm. that's. And ooh. even like, let's say, let's say you do explain that to your white friends in the back of your mind, you're always trying to protect them also. Mm-hmm. Protect their feelings. Be like, well, oh, they're oh. gonna they're going to be offended. They're going to feel like they're called out. Know, called out. But it's such a rooted issue of this like of racial trauma that's, you know, inherited that they mm-hmm. don't understand. Yeah. So you feel like you can't even begin to explain it, so you stay silent. You can't open up to speak. them. Yeah. I just, I, I, if you find out a way to do it, let me know. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. I've had to be okay with just like dealing with my emotions and not explaining them. And mm-hmm. I have a really hard time doing with that, doing that because um, there's this constant need to justify and like explain so that you don't sound like you're over-exaggerating. Mm-hmm. So you don't come across like, you know, inflict Like you're just yeah, always yeah. um, ready to like go off on someone. Which is like you don't want to contribute to that angry black women narrative. So you stay silent. Oh, which but is I'm exactly angry. where you, they want you to be. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. we are angry. <laughs> We're mm-hmm. so angry. It's just that. I don't know. It's when the room is not, when the space is not provided for you, then you're just having to deal with your emotions by yourself, which like you need other people to express that too. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what being human is, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly right. <laughs> it's just, it's, uh, it's, a it's lot. hard. <clears throat> it is a lot. Yeah. Do you ever feel that sometimes like, you have these good conversations in safe spaces, but then you just kind of go back to your mm-hmm. regular, like, kind of conditioned way of being around yeah. in white spaces. It's the the double consciousness thing we talked about in the faith integration group. Yeah. It, it, it really is a double consciousness because you're living 
one life that is like seemingly normal like you're getting by you're suppressing a lot of things you know constantly like well I'm I'm not gonna deal with that right now because I this space is not provided they keep shoving that and shoving that and shoving that away but then you do have this real conversation with people that can relate Mm -hmm. but then it doesn't really go outside of that because you're afraid that other people won't get it yeah. And they, they won't get it. But also, like, I don't know. It's tricky. It's Like, it's how much so of tricky. it would they understand? Or would, would are they willing to, like, really listen and be there? And I think they j- because you're quiet, because you're silent, it's as if they assume you have nothing to say. Yeah. But it's like, when did you ask? <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. all you have to do is ask. Remind me. Remind so me. Then, I'm upset because you didn't ask. Yeah. I'm even more upset. Yeah. But it, then I still, you know, just, I isolate. I, mm-hmm. you, you know, you're kind of forced deeper into your own, like, internalized battle mm-hmm. by yourself. Yeah. Because even to begin to talk about it means you have to be vulnerable. And mm-hmm. at the very core, if you don't feel understood for who you are at your very core, Mm-hmm. then you're not going to want to be willing to be vulnerable. Yeah. I mean, that is like, what do they deserve to hear it? Some, I, I think that sometimes yeah. I'm like, if they're not willing to give space to have this conversation and they're, they haven't make you feel safe, made you feel safe at any point, mm-hmm. then they're not ready to hear it. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's how I feel. Yeah. That's why a lot of times I just kind of sort of shut down on a lot of conversations because... And then also I feel like it's such, like we were saying earlier about this like double consciousness thing, it's such a drastic experience. It's so different. Like our lived experience mm-hmm. is so different to the point where like, at what point do you want me to start explaining this? <laughs> at what I, point would it make yeah. sense? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So you're just like, well, I can unpack this little portion for like an entire month. For real. <laughs> I just... It's hard because I'm like, at one point, I'm like, just ask. Like, I just, I do have a lot going on, mm-hmm. even if it doesn't seem like it. Even yeah. if I'm not always talking. But then there's this other part of like, when you do ask, you just want like a five minute answer, it feels mm-hmm. like. And so, even the question, like, how are you doing? In those, in those like passing, moments and you know conversations I don't have an answer yeah for people that aren't willing to actually sit with me mm-hmm. and I just yeah you just say okay and you just move on it's so crazy because even now I'm like you know I feel like I'm in a better place mm-hmm. but I'm still you know battling with like I've kind of accepted mm-hmm. silence to a certain degree yeah um because, like, I don't know. I don't know if that's just me knowing my worth. I don't know if it's me being exhausted. Mm. <laughs> it could be a bit of both. Both, yeah. Yeah. Mm. I think it's so... Earlier you were saying that, like, you have sort of let the your expectations of other people go. Mm-hmm. Like, of them, like... Okay, are they going to show up? Are they going to mm-hmm. speak up? Are they going to stand up? 
which is such a hard thing to do I think it's like because as like people you want other people to stand up with you you want them to show up not just for one post or one season but like to be consistent yeah but I feel like there is it kind of it's kind of like it kind of goes both ways it is a little bit liberating for yourself to just say well like these people are not going to give me what I need Mm mm-hmm but at the same time, it's, like, your human side that, like, craves, like, wanting to be cradled and, you nurtured know, listened to, nurtured, cared yeah. for. It's, like, always wanting that. Yeah. So, like, it's just a hard medium, like, well, I'm going to give up this aspect that, like, you're not going to show up for me in the way that I need you to show up for me. But at the same time, like, it's hard, you know? It's, it's a very hard medium, I think. I mean, you said it perfectly. I think there's just, like, at what point do we feel kind of crazy? Like, because I felt like that. I'm like, at what point do I feel like I'm asking too much? I literally have to tell myself, I'm not asking too much. It's simple. Black women are not asking too much. (laughs) Listen to a black woman. In any in any circle you're in, if you're looking at problems, if you're Mm. um, part of a committee, if you're trying to problem solve listen to black women and hear the insight they have because oftentimes they're speaking from a place where they're they're careful about what they're saying Mm. because for so long people have silenced them yeah so really give them five minutes and you'll be blown away Mm. but don't just stop at the five minutes dig deeper yeah and Again, if the most disrespected woman in America is the black woman, she's gonna have some things to say. A lot you know? to say, yeah. And oftentimes, oftentimes, um, we're we're silenced because people don't want to feel uncomfortable. Mm. People don't want to feel like the blame is on them. Yeah. They want to avoid white guilt. They mm. want to avoid white fragility. They don't want to feel attacked. Um, and so, for those reasons, it's really hard to exist as a black woman because you feel this need to like overcompensate on grace Mm. and then ask like don't ask too much Mm. and give way too much grace and just accept it yeah and i think that's also a lie from the devil because like yes grace is important Mm. and yes truth is important and like Jesus balanced both. Like, he gave grace and truth. Like, there was not one moment where he was like, oh, like, this is um, true, but also give, like, just forget about the truth for a second. Mm. And he never said forget about the grace either. And so, like, oftentimes in in white spaces and institutions, um, like, black women specifically are asked, just be patient with us. Just be gracious. Thank you so much. Like, just, like, work with us here. And when we ask, like, oh, hey, then can we, like, have a space? Can we have a voice? Can we um, give insight to this, you know, project or to this mm-hmm. problem? No. There's no space yeah. for that. Or they're only tapped on the shoulder when they're absolutely needed. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, they think, yeah. like, oh, we, we, we can't say anything on diversity. So now we have to bring in Carissa Talk like, about that's it. the only thing you're capable of. That's and the only thing you can do. Girl, uh, I saw this thing on LinkedIn, and it was like, black people have more to offer the world than just diversity, inclusion, and mm. equity, like, positions. It's so self-serving of white institution to just want black people for that. 
It is. It's literally just like, well, oh, look who we don't have in the circle, a black person. What are we going to have them talk about? Diversity. We'll have all the... And it's like so twisted, honestly, because again, when you look at like the racial history of the U.S., like black people didn't create that. But then because it affects black people... They're the ones educating. Exactly. They're the ones with the mess. They're left with the mess and then they're expected to fix it. Mm -hmm. Of course, we're going to fix it because we're the ones being affected by it. But it shouldn't be that way. Yeah. I think about that with like in the classroom settings or just in academic settings Mm -hmm. where the black students are the only ones talking about race, Mm -hmm. which like there is not an area that race doesn't intersect. Not one. Here, we, we have, you know, different organizations, different groups led by black students talking about race while the white majority is just sitting comfortably. Yeah. Like, well, the, you know, it's like, it's this crazy. is not a drill. You can't sit in ignorance anymore. You like, can't. There's no, there's just. There's, yeah, there really is no excuse. No. Like, I mean, I literally studied like strategic communication, um, and theater performance and like both spaces every client I worked with was white and like all the shows that I was a part of predominantly white and Mm -hmm. it wasn't that there weren't black shows to choose from it wasn't that there weren't black students that were interested in the arts or theater and performing Mm -hmm. and writing and creating or costume and makeup it wasn't that it was the fact that well we just don't have you know, the access for that, or we don't, and it's like, actually, we do, but that conversation would never even, like, continue, or be started, really, if it isn't for someone to literally be in the room and be like, this is an issue, okay, um, and so, oh, man, if only, like, the spaces were created ahead of time to be, like, you know, this is important. Mm-hmm. I mean, even in every single major, education, like, it's important that you talk about the integration between race and education because those educators in those classrooms are going to be teaching yeah. diverse students, mm-hmm. children. Like, yeah. And, and again, it's like art and design and social impact and um, like music. How can you study music for four years and never talk about? whole genres that were created Mm. by black people in this country Mm. you don't talk about jazz you don't talk about like r&b and the blues and like those soulful musics Mm. that literally saved people Mm. it carried them it like literally carried them into survival yeah it allowed us to be here and yet we just talk about the same four musicians the same and it's like And then you have black students in your classrooms. Why would they why would they be paying attention? Yeah. Why would they be engaged in world civ or world lit? And like those classes, I took them. They're great. But I didn't necessarily feel more empowered because of no, them. It's all Western civilization. Like And I, I'm sure, I'm sure white people great. white students felt empowered mm-hmm. by some of those classes mm-hmm. by maybe their music or their major but black students don't even get that opportunity mm-hmm. not in their theology class when all they're reading is just text by white people yeah. and it's it's just over again and again I've heard things from people on um, our college campus that are like 
why why would I continue going to like this event when mm-hmm. I know it's just gonna be another white speaker and mm-hmm. you know another topic that only is on the surface and doesn't actually talk about how it affects me mm-hmm. um, and why would I be in a leadership position when I'm the, I'm gonna be the only black person mm-hmm. because then I'm going to you know I'm expected to be the expert all of a yeah. sudden yeah all of a sudden you're looked at next turn at the drop of the word diversity or anything related to race yeah it really it i don't even know what the word is but i think maybe sad is the only word i have Mm. because it's sad that the only reason that like i'm in those like conversations about diversity and inclusion with white people is because like if it if I wasn't in those rooms those wouldn't happen that's mm-hmm. how I feel sometimes yeah when like we're stuck I don't know racial reconciliation is brought up that word is thrown around like yeah back and forth <laughs> tennis like Ooh. oh my goodness like ping pong <laughs> and it's like okay well do you ever have those conversations with just white friends mm-hmm. do you Am have I, this conversation when i'm not in the room exactly like that's important am i allowed to be quiet and be silent mm-hmm. or do i feel the pressure and need to educate again mm-hmm. even after a long day maybe i failed three exams maybe i was late to work maybe i slept through my alarms and yet here i am put on like all right diversity go yeah because sure. You don't have the time to mm-hmm. Google what a bonnet is. You don't have the time to literally Google something. Why do black girls wear braids? Or mm-hmm. like, and yet that I'm, you know, all of a sudden put on mm-hmm. like. It's like their audience, like they're, they're, they sit and listen or if they listen. And you're the one always kind of perpetuating those conversations because yes. they're not. They're not putting towards the effort whatsoever. And it's like, if you really did care, like, maybe you would just research it on your own Mm -hmm. so that you wouldn't be, you know, putting me through an ignorant, uncomfortable situation where I have to explain my existence. You can make the excuse saying like, well, I don't have the language to talk about this or I don't. But there are so many resources out there that like there's literally numerous endless resources for you to educate yourself exactly and the reason why black people know these things the history of and of those resources is because they had to do the work yeah to know about themselves you know mm-hmm. so it's like man we already did the work right like now it's your turn kind mm-hmm. of thing yeah but it's just like over and over again we're put in spaces where we have to explain our existence mm-hmm. and i'm just so if you really cared you would google it yeah it's like it is very dehumanizing too when you think about it like when institutions expect you to be the expert even though you're the student you're educating your professors you're educating people higher up about these things and it's very i mean i think the word dehumanizing is a good word for it Mm -hmm. because they don't empathize with you as a person you're just there one speaking of the institution at large, yeah. is you're a number, you're a statistic. Yeah. Two, you're dragged into different circles just to talk about that. Like, yeah. you're not seeing as a whole person. Right. With, 
different interests. You're joyful. You play music. You're artist. You're a nurse. You're all of these things. But if you're black, you're taking your blackness with you in every space. Mm-hmm. Like that's something you cannot escape. But the rest of the world, the white majority, sits in comfort and yeah. have the privilege to escape that conversation. Yeah, it is. So and and again, like the dehumanizing thing. It's real. Like, even as you look at how sometimes, um, like, the history of criminal justice, quote-unquote justice, Mm -hmm. has, like, affected the way that society even views black men versus Mm -hmm. white men. When they, like, you know, um, even news outlets and media, like, it'll be, like, a picture of a black man and it'll say, like, what he did Mm -hmm. um because you know that's all he was now or that's all he is um or they'll pull up his criminal history like george floyd was a person Mm -hmm. like and 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 yet when you hear of like school shooters you all all of the mainstream goes back to well he was just troubled and he was a good kid and then you get to hear stories from people that like of of their loved ones, mm-hmm. you know, talking great things and like, oh well, maybe society just didn't treat him right, and like this is like, but, but look at all the good him. that right. Look at all the good he can do still. Look at all his potential still. Mm-hmm. When you look at like white men that have raped women, and yet they're like, oh, but look at like how how good of a swimmer you are, and like how much um your you can like your college career is ahead of you. And yet for black men, they do the exact same thing. And it's all of a sudden, it's like, oh, well, like he's just, you know, this is just the way they are. This literally is some of the most dehumanizing stuff. But it doesn't just stop in media. Mm-hmm. It's integrated in curriculums of education. Yeah. Um, my friend is, um, she works for like um, an online institution and she um, is in like she works with developing curriculum and editing curriculum for um, online courses. Mm -hmm. And she came home one day and she was like, oh man, I was looking through like um, the criminal justice, like course curriculums. And it was just like filled with a lot of bias and a lot of um, like racial prejudice and stuff. And, um, and I was like, oh, like, haha, like, you know, it was whitewashed. Mm-hmm. Like, the history of, um, like, the police force and things like that. And she was like, yeah, like, they were praising this man who was, like, part of the KKK, that, like, he was involved mm-hmm. in eugenics. And, but all they said was, like, great stuff about him. Mm-hmm. And in the same, like, breath, they would say things like, oh, minorities are arrested at, like, two to three times more, like, a higher rate. And that was it. And, and, like, mm-hmm. that's how much space we are given. Yeah. Just for, like, the bad, um, like, facts mm-hmm. to be spewed yeah. out. Not explained. Not explained that, oh, maybe the reason that minorities are arrested at a higher rate, almost three times higher rate, is because of the history of racism in this mm-hmm. country. Yeah. But, no, we don't get to explain ourselves that no. way. And so then people are learning these things and, like, oh, well, then they get these like internalized beliefs that were just inherently bad Mm -hmm. or worse or more dangerous. Mm -hmm. And so not only are we more dangerous, 
we don't have space to actually express our anger Mm -hmm. and so we become silent we become we begin to internalize oh well maybe that means i'm just not um capable Mm -hmm. of good things i'm just not capable of creating Mm -hmm. you know art and beautiful things and Mm -hmm. leaving a legacy for those behind me and so when you carry that every day you're carrying that and you're going through your day you're just trying to survive and Mm -hmm. then you get like maybe you're in a hallway and all of a sudden someone says something ignorant about black people or about how oh I never want to be a black girl or oh my goodness like I could never you know with your hair or like asks Mm -hmm. like all these random questions maybe you could google it google's handy (laughs) it's right there google yeah Yeah, I think, like, people don't think about how rooted and ingrained it is in our system when, you know, you're talking about how, like, the criminalization of minorities and black people, and that goes way back to slavery. Mm -hmm. Like, like, police is literally created to, like, catch slaves. Yeah. And since then, like, you know, black men and women have been arrested for petty crimes and just violence against black people has been like normalized that it's an okay thing so and even now thinking about how like i don't know if you get this from your white friends but how people would send you articles or videos of like the most recent racial trauma like (laughs) i'm like well first of all like are like we're human like we you know what i mean like it's like re-traumatizing you on the things you already know but in a way that's like valid, like they want to be validated. You know, they want us to think that like, well, they care. Mm-hmm. But think about the, the experience like of when you see that mm. things like that being done to people that look just like you. Every day. Every day. It's, it takes mm. so much toll on you. It's so traumatizing and it's so hard and people like to just disassociate and talk about it as if it's another headline and it's another trend you know like the black square on instagram or whatever that's honestly i'm so glad i i had to delete instagram off phone because of this performative allyship like it is not okay to just be enraged when you want to be to Mm -hmm. choose when you engage in racial conversations it's not okay you can't just be in your own little bubble and then think that you've been a good friend to me Mm -hmm. (laughs) that is not okay no not okay at all yeah it's yeah i think yeah you have you are privileged enough to like step away but are you having those conversations every day though like if you're a real friend you would talk to your parents, your grandparents, your uncles about mm-hmm. these things mm-hmm. and compel them to vote, do things that actually would help people of color, you know, instead yeah. of just posting one post and say, well, I'm actually an ally. Yeah. Which, like, I appreciate people having those conversations, but it just seems, sometimes it even seems like it's just on the screen, but you're not brave enough to, like, confront your own biases introspect like Mm -hmm. how does this actually affect me and my close friend the person i know yeah but yeah there's such a disassociation between like even people that you know blatantly just like don't see 
our blackness Mm -hmm. but then and so then they feel like this freedom to be these like really hateful or like ignorant things online but then they kind of just see you as like oh but you're my friend like oh but like that doesn't affect you right because you didn't tell me that Mm -hmm. it affects you it's like crazy to me like how can how can like you just be on social media and say things like oh well George Floyd like got what he deserved but then want to ask me about my life as if it doesn't affect me because I just don't bring it up why would I bring it up if I don't feel like you're a safe person yeah right so there's just a lot of that where I'm like yeah yeah. how do you even begin to explain that (sighs) yeah and even like the fact that like some white friends would come to you as if you were like ready to talk about it immediately like they're like oh my gosh yabi or carissa like Mm -hmm. i have to show you this one thing that my cousin posted i i literally have to start asking is this gonna be like is this gonna trigger me yeah it's not beneficial for our healing and for our well-being but they don't think about that no one thinks about the healing for a black woman no or a black man like and i've even begun to like dig deeper into like conversations about uh, emotional health but there's still that disconnect like no one's really talking about the different needs for emotional health for minorities Mm. you know um when you think of like um your needs as like the man's loss like hierarchy of needs i think or something Mm. like that or it's like you know your basic needs right if you don't have those basic needs of safety you're not going to be able to even think about your mental health and if you don't feel physically safe or mentally safe how are you gonna explain and like be vulnerable with your Mm. friends and so you always have your guard up your guards up constantly always or you always have this like oh i'm fine Mm -hmm. like i'm good you're not and yet there's so much going on in my mind. I'm always thinking. Like, mm. it's, like, constantly. But then I'm, like, why can't I why can't I say anything? Mm. Like, I even, like, think that to myself sometimes. Yeah. I'm, like, why can't I why didn't explain? I say something? Yeah. yeah. But why would I feel the safety to mm. been constantly having to, like, tone my own voice? Mm-hmm. And, like. To kind of. Give it, like, with the spoon. Feed mm-hmm. it to them with, the, you know, like, be gentle. You have to be extra sensitive. Mm-hmm. You have to. No one goes up to someone and says, oh, like, tell me about your most, like, traumatic things that ever happened in your life. No one says that. Mm-hmm. So why would you just think it's okay and that I'm always ready to talk about, like, a black other, a black person getting murdered, mm-hmm. you know, or, like, um, getting shot for literally sleeping? Like, why, why? Is it okay for you to step into that when you want? Mm-hmm. But I always have to be in that. Always. Just because of the color of my skin, that means I always have to be the expert? I don't think so. Yeah. It's not okay. And they just keep it so far from them. Like, like if you're a black person, you should know all these things, but it wouldn't affect you on an emotional level. So I'm just going to come and dump all of this information at you. Yeah. I, like, mm. It happens all the time, and I don't think people even realize it. Like... Honestly, sometimes I don't need to know what the conversation was between, like, you and your grandma who said racist things. Like, I don't need that. It's Mm -hmm. not beneficial for me. It might help you kind of, like, feel like, oh, you're processing, but leave it. Mm -hmm. Leave it at the door. Because, like, 
please, for once, will you just ask me how I'm doing and like where my emotional capacity is at? Because mm-hmm. I've just had to become okay with being like, okay, my capacity is different. Mm-hmm. I am not in the same space where I can just pour and pour and listen and mm-hmm. love. And and it's not that I don't have mm-hmm. those things still to give. It's just that the capacity is different because I've read, I've understood better that like my expectation on myself mm-hmm. has been rooted in like, my ability to perform mm-hmm. instead of like my ability to exist. To be, yeah. 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 Mm. yeah, and just like the amount of times people have come to me with news or article or a conversation that they had with family, it's mm. insane. But at the same time, like I have, I was never, I never found ways to get out of them because I'm always like, would it be rude if I say, hey, I don't want to talk about this right now? I don't, that's triggering to me. It's mm-hmm. not comfortable. But like, again, mm-hmm. we're centering their feelings mm-hmm. also. So I have never avoided that before. Like every time they would come to me, I just sit and listen. Mm-hmm. I'm like, well, like I have to be that nice, kind friend. It's And I, I honestly, I remember back to my senior year of college and like living with all white girls. And I was in a very similar position where I like always was, having and facilitating and explaining and educating those Mm -hmm. like you know topics and conversations and stuff and I also kind of felt this guilt like oh well if I don't do it it won't get done done." Mm -hmm. because they only care about this right now Mm -hmm. so I have to be there now because tomorrow they're not going to care anymore Mm -hmm. and like I'd rather them care and me be exhausted Mm -hmm. and it's like what that is no way to live that is no way to live Mm-hmm. I should not have to beg you to care. I should not have to go up to you and shake you, hold mm-hmm. you by the shoulders and say, please empathize with us. Mm-hmm. Please understand where we're coming from. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you shouldn't have to. No. It's, yeah, I I wish or hope someday I would just, I still haven't found it, but mm-hmm. find the right words to say, hey, you know, like this is, not what I want to talk about right now. Yeah. But for some reason, it's like, I don't know, even when you do talk about it, it's like you're, you yourself as a black woman are disassociating because mm-hmm. you're trying to protect yourself yeah. from that. So you're just like, oh, yeah, that is sad. That is unfortunate that happened. Like you didn't already know, <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's like, oof. Um, but yeah, I think especially in the past, what was it, last month? after the verdict on Brianna Taylor, that's when it just, there's no room for error anymore. Like, mm-hmm. if you're going to hear it, you're going to hear it. You know what I mean? Like, we have to, I, freshman me, wouldn't have spoke at that protest. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, you nudged me to, like, you encouraged me to speak. But, like, when I started speaking, it was just, like, anger just pouring out. Like, mm-hmm. I don't need to, I don't have the need to be kind anymore. Like, not that I'm not a kind person, but at this point, I'm just so fed up that, like, you're going to hear the raw, the real, authentic expression yeah. of my anger right now because you've been silent. And again, there's that, like, 
fear that if I show anger, that means I'm not kind. Mm -hmm. If I show how I'm feeling in these negative emotions, that means they take away from like these qualities and characteristics about myself. Mm -hmm. So even as you're saying, it's not that I'm I'm not a kind person. I'm compensating for overcompensating. Like how? Which is, we're conditioned to like believe that like anger is such a bad thing. And I mean, for black women, it's a different Mm -hmm. layer because you don't want to, into that persona of like yeah angry black women because if you show anger then that must be all you have to contribute Mm -hmm. and so then like black women are like okay then i won't show anger at all because i need to prove to other people that i have kindness and goodness and generosity and wisdom and and like all these insight and like all these other things to contribute Mm -hmm. but the reality is like when your friend is ranting Mm -hmm. it doesn't take away from the fact that they're also funny. They're yeah. also, like, hilarious. And but we also hold black women to a different standard. Completely different like, standard. Like, a whole different standard. Completely different standard. And it's exhausting to the point where, like, honestly, I'm just over it. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I'm just completely over it. And um, that's why I can't take anymore when people are like, oh, just give us grace as we, you know, navigate this. Or, like, just... And it's like, yes... Grace is beautiful, and also truth is too. Mm-hmm. And you can't sacrifice one for the other no. because you will continue to lose like the picture and image of God continually. Mm-hmm. It's not that black women and black men don't have things to say. It's that you just continue to be like, oh, just give us one more minute. Mm-hmm. Just give us one more minute. Yeah, you you don't and need make excuses minute. for yourself constantly. And so here we are making excuses for ourselves saying it's not that i'm not a kind person or mm-hmm. maybe if i am angry then i can't be a kind person or maybe then i you know am mm-hmm. not who i thought i was and it's not that no. <laughs> i just i hope that like that lie is i hope that doesn't hold as much power this like you are exactly who you are you don't need to be anything else. Yeah. You don't need to become more silent or more mm. quiet or um, less opinionated because you think you are too much. Mm. If you share your thoughts, share your thoughts with authentic, brutal honesty. Yeah. Share them with all the emotions that you're feeling because they are valid. Mm. And in the same ways that you would be there and comfort and validate your friend Mm -hmm. after they've been going through a hard time. Maybe they're ranting about their boyfriend or something, or Mm -hmm. maybe they're going through um, a grieving process. In the same way that you would honor them, honor Mm -hmm. yourself first. So even if it's like, you know what? I'm not going to reach out as much as anymore Mm -hmm. as maybe people expect me to Mm -hmm. or I'm not going to volunteer my time as much as people expect me to you need to begin to realize that your worth is Mm -hmm. is so so sacred Mm -hmm. so precious Mm -hmm. and there's this lie that like um you know we have to prove ourselves in order to be worthy Mm -hmm. and if like if Satan can get us to believe that then we continue to sacrifice parts of ourselves for other people. But the thing is, people recognize how much black women have to offer. Mm -hmm. They just don't say anything. They just don't. So what do they do instead? 
they're asking you, hey, can you help out with this? Can you speak at this? Can you volunteer to help me with this? They recognize your worth, Mm -hmm. but they will never tell you how worthy you are. Mm -hmm. And that's like just such a dilemma. So I just want to say, if you're listening to this, man, you're worthy. And I hope that you can begin to even see just a little bit of how much um, you have to offer to Mm -hmm. this world. Yes, you are valued, you yes. are important. And it's so, it's hard to fully show up, but try to fully show up, you know, because mm-hmm. all of you matters, not yeah. just what people expect of you, but your rawness, your authenticity, your voice, all of it matters. Mm-hmm. And also show up for yourself. Like, the world may not be showing up for you, but you got to give time to... Be there for you first. Yeah. Yeah. And again, like surviving is a form of like rebelling against everything that has like tried its hardest to mm-hmm. put you down, to bring to you down. You. Yeah, to diminish you. All those moments where you felt dehumanized, the fact that you're still here mm-hmm. is just like rebelling against those efforts of dehumanization even mm-hmm. more so. And the yeah. ignorant comments that you face and you're still here, you're still in those white spaces, those like really um, hard conversations where you felt um, misunderstood and yet you've still shown up today. Yeah. Maybe you just got out of bed like that alone. Oh. That like is so powerful mm-hmm. because it's like everything that the white society has has told us mm-hmm. has been in an effort to bring us down so that we don't get back up. And yet we woke up this morning and we went to classes and we went to work Mm -hmm. and we're still here in these white spaces Mm -hmm. and we're still like articulating with such grace and truth. Mm -hmm. And like we're carrying ourselves ourselves in a way that it's, it's really a walking miracle. Like we are walking miracles. Mm -hmm. The fact that we're still here and Man, I just you you told me this quote a couple of weeks ago, like the our or maybe it was a it was a podcast you um told me to listen to. And in the podcast, it was like, um, oh shoot, don't let me lose it now. <laughs> uh, it said like their intent was not for you to survive. Mm, yeah. Like they did not even want us to survive. Yeah, from the roots of it, we from weren't slavery. meant to black women were not meant to survive they were meant to do the work and die Mm -hmm. and like take care of like white babies Mm -hmm. and yet here we are here we are here we are Mm -hmm. like creating more black women loving on our skin our melanin our Mm -hmm. hair like accepting that fully and like being in these bodies and walking through them with such like light in them still and yet all those all those attempts to just um, beat us down with darkness and we're mm. still glowing say less say, <laughs> say less ah <laughs> oh, yes that's amazing <laughs> um well i think that concludes our conversation <laughs> i know we could go on forever uh, we can talk about this all day and i mean we have yeah quite literally <laughs> this is like our fourth conversation and like each time though it's a different layer it's yeah. not that like we're gonna talk about it like okay i'm tired of talking about this it's like we can yeah. unpack unravel this for the rest of the year but yeah. yeah whoever is listening to this 
Please know that you're loved and you're valued and you're important and celebrate the fact that you are here. Mm. Being a part of this conversation, I want to give a special shout out to Nick Wright for allowing me to use a little bit of his new music called Rise Up and it is incredible and I hope you guys go check him out. The song is on all platforms and you can also go find him on Instagram and there's a link provided for the song.